Hello and welcome to another episode of the Microbiome Research X podcast. I am Adar Sandhu, an editor of the MRX website that features the latest news, views and research highlights on the microbiome in Japan and globally. Our guest today is Christopher Stewart, who is at Newcastle University in the UK. Christopher is one of the finalists of the 2023 NOSTA and Science Microbiome Prize for his essay entitled Diet-Microbiome-Host Interaction in Early Life. Links to details about the prize-winning essay and his research can be found on the NOSTA and MRX websites. Chris, thank you for joining us today and congratulations on being a finalist in the Nostra Science Microbiome Prize for 2023. So perhaps we can start off by asking you to give us uh, an overview of your research activities, your goals, and also perhaps some insights into what triggered your interest in uh, research in this field. Yeah, I guess there's a slight touch of serendipity here. So I actually did my undergraduate in biotechnology, which had a, a, a large component of microbiology and in particular microbial ecology. And it was probably the first subject throughout any of my schooling and university where I, it sort of captivated my interest. I really got to grips with the concept of ecology, but in bacteria and microbes and how they can interact and interact in their environment and how the environment is is sort of the pillar of, of what shapes that community. So my career actually started in, in microbiology of environmental samples, looking at lake sediment cores from all over the world. Um, but then that progressed into human science when I started my PhD, and, and that was the best thing that ever happened to me. It's a field that's uh, incredibly fast-paced, highly translational, and really ticks all the boxes that, that get me excited, get me out of bed in the morning and into work to, to study what these microbes are doing and how they impact health and, and disease in humans. And what specific aspects of the microbiome are you studying and what are your goals? What sort of problems are you trying to solve? Yeah, so my lab has two main elements, two main arms, the first of which is using omic technologies, particularly microbiome sequencing, but coupled to other omics, metabolomics, proteomics, single cell sequencing, these sorts of technologies. So it really is technology dependent in many respects. It's technology led, it's discovery type science. It's still, in my opinion, really important. It's the stuff, again, that, that really excites me. And we pull all these different data sets together and we're learning new things about complex ecosystems all the time. But these studies at their end point will only ever provide associations and, and often more questions than answers. So, so the second arm of our lab is to use different model systems, in particular human intestinal derived organoids, where we can add bacteria or metabolites and other stimuli to these core culture systems in accurate oxygen conditions, which allow us then to study how these microbes and their metabolites interact with the human epithelium and how that might trigger an immune response, um, human development, these sorts of questions that we can unpick a bit more mechanistically in that model system that we're simply unable to do in, in human or clinical samples. And what methods are you using for your research? Any unique features, approaches, perhaps, that you can share with us? 
Yeah, so there's a bunch of stuff that uh, I'm incredibly proud of and it's undergoing patents at the moment. So that makes it a bit more tricky to talk about. As an academic, I always just want to talk about all the recent discoveries we've made. And I'm learning now increasingly as, as you start to get into the realms of IP, you have to be incredibly careful. So there's a, a few, I think, um, interesting results to, to come into the public uh, in, in the months to come. And certainly in terms of what I can discuss, we've been doing a lot of work in these organoid models to understand if they're accurately recapitulating uh, infancy and adulthood and different life stages. And that is incredibly important when you, as we are researchers working on preterm gut microbiome, is the preterm gut inherently different to that of a more developed different infant and to that of an adult? And we have now reasonably strong evidence to suggest it is when we add bacteria to these model systems, if the organoids, the intestinal organoids came from a preterm infant, they respond very differently to how an adult organoid responds. And uh, we published this in, in Gut as a letter a couple of years ago. And ultimately, I think it helps to lay the foundation for, for what we're planning to do going forward and, and really um, hits home that you should be using models that accurately represent your patient population of interest. So in our case, that's preterm infants, and, and we now have a real uh, uh, impetus to go and get preterm tissue so that we can make these model systems in, in, a, in, a, in a relevant population. So, so there's a lot of work going on now. I have two postdocs in the lab, and they're both working on the challenge of how are these preterm organoids responding to different stimuli of interest, different microbes, probiotic microbes, all the way through to pathogenic microbes, and, and how is that in the preterm gut causing um, diseases like necrotizing enterocolitis and potentially leading to translocation of bacteria and ultimately sepsis in these vulnerable babies. Um, perhaps you can let us have an overview of some recent results and uh, what they mean, implications, and so on. Yeah, there's numerous. So on the discovery aspect of our work, we are heavily reliant on on clinical collaborators, those people who have access to patients. And these people are often incredibly busy and the populations themselves are vulnerable and, and difficult to sample. So um, I'm lucky and have been lucky throughout my career to work with unbelievable clinicians who go above and beyond because they're just passionate about improving outcomes for their preterm infants. And so they will they will literally give up their free time to collect samples for us in the lab to to get a range of samples and, and that's fantastic. The other big challenge, of course, is one of uh, our major questions is on human milk and how different bioactive components of human milk can impact infant microbiome development and ultimately outcomes. But milk, rightly, should go to the baby before it goes anywhere else. And so we are often left with salvaged milk samples, what's left at the end of an infant feed. These are obviously non-ideal samples. They might have sat in, in a feeding tube for up to eight hours, may have been frozen and defrosted. And, and ethically, that's a, a very difficult um, obstacle to overcome because, of course, human milk is the most important thing that these babies need. And so it would not be fair to take any of that away for research purposes. Um, so they're, they're two of the big challenges from the, the sort of sample side, the discovery lab. And then I think the microbiome field as a whole is still trying to develop novel systems for doing mechanistic work. And, and that represents, I think, one of the biggest challenges, not just for our lab, but, but for the field in general. And as I mentioned, we, we, we turn to organoids for this, but there's a lot of work that we still need to do. We have now cracked the oxygen gradient so we can grow anaerobic bacteria in the presence of these oxygen requiring human cells, which is fantastic. But we still lack immune cells in these models. We lack vasculature. We lack flow. 
And so there's many things that we need to do to to make these model systems much more uh, physiologically relevant. And this is work that's ongoing, but still very much represents a, a challenge in the field. That's really fascinating. Um, can we move on to the prize now? And um, why did you decide to apply for the prize? And how did you sort of hear about it? Yeah, I think I found out about it through uh, emails initially. I'll be honest, I applied three times before I eventually got uh, shortlisted as a finalist. And so um, it was quite some time ago now that I um, started that application process. But once I once it was on the radar, I recognized it was a, a fantastic opportunity to um, for me to sit down, actually, and really think about what it is that we're doing and planning going forward and put that sort of pen to paper. And that was a really nice exercise to do independent of winning or not as as i say the first two attempts were were unsuccessful in that regard um and then obviously i was able to follow the winners of the previous rounds that i was unsuccessful in and, and how this had impacted their careers and i could certainly see that it had helped to, to sort of elevate give them a bit of publicity help give exposure to to their research and to their labs so yeah i was really really pleased in in the third attempt when when my application was eventually successful and i was shortlisted as a, as a finalist and, and that essay was eventually published in science it's a real um yeah accolade and, and fantastic line for my cv and how did you go about writing your essay yeah i think to be honest in in the early stages or well, certainly in in my first application it didn't go to anybody else's it didn't go through anyone else's eyes other than my own i drafted it submitted it i felt it was it was good but clearly in, in subsequent rounds, when I started to share my application with colleagues and friends uh, and get some really useful feedback, it became clear to me that, yeah, there was there was clear things that I was assuming in early applications that were obvious to people that maybe weren't obvious, things I needed to expand on, and maybe things that I said too much in depth and I was wasting words and, and kind of overdoing it. So it was really useful in rounds two and three to get pen to paper earlier. Of course, I had a previous template I could amend but it still required significant work it was almost like starting again by the time i'd finished it it looked nothing like it had in the previous year the field is such fast moving that actually yeah the introduction changed because new research had emerged what we were doing had changed slightly and so all of this needed to be effectively rewrote but then the the types of feedback i was getting were, were incredibly valuable um and ultimately, you sort of talk about advice to to people thinking about applying. I think that is one thing I would say that that applies to everything, to be fair, whether it's grants, fellowships, or all these types of prizes, you should try and get colleagues, junior and senior, to, to read over it and to obviously take on board their comments. But you'll find the more people you send it to, the more kind of contrasting comments you get. Some people saying this bit's fantastic, don't change it. Other people saying this it makes no sense you need to completely rework it and in the end you kind of have to trust your instinct is the one thing i would say you you kind of can't please everybody definitely take this advice on board but but stick to your guns if you if you believe in something you've wrote and someone's telling you to change it and you're not quite happy about it then this is your baby this is your rodeo just stick to stick to what you want and um that's kind of how i did it in the end i took the feedback on board but but there's some elements i felt um i didn't want to edit and in the end i, I kept them as they were Thank you, Chris, for sharing your thoughts about research on the microbiome and your insights on writing a winning essay for the Nostat and Science Microbiome Prize. Um, I wish you all the best with the research and I look forward to catching up with you again. 
for uh, updates about your research activities. This concludes this episode of the Microbiome Research Podcast. Further information about the podcast is available on the Microbiome Research X and NOSTA websites. On behalf of the editors of the MRX website, thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to your company again.